0: Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Reformed Dissenters, the show where Reformed Christians descend against popular ideas of culture by asserting a biblical worldview. My name is Bruce Johnson, and yes, unfortunately, I'm the only one here today. So it is—it is just me. You're stuck with me for uh, a whole half hour. So buckle up. Um, you know, have Jacob's um, winning personality to uh, balance out uh, whatever the heck mine is. So. Uh, this will be interesting. It's kind of the first time I've done a solo show, but hey, you know what? The last two weeks have been two weeks of interesting things. Uh, two weeks ago, last Monday, um, Mom and Jake took over the show when I couldn't make it. Um, I was in Wyoming, um, and so now they are in the process of driving here to South Dakota, and then we're all driving out to Idaho. It's going to be a busy, busy week, but actually our our Friday episode may or may not be recorded in Idaho um, or maybe it'll be recorded here. We don't know yet. It's just, it's up in the air. So we'll see what happens. Uh, but thank you for bearing with us through all of this. Um, hopefully it's it's going to be pretty much business as usual, but uh, it just means you unfortunately are stuck with hearing my voice for uh, a half hour. So here we go. <laughs> so today is Current Events Monday. That is why I am wearing a tie. Um, we are also, I mean, I'm going to be talking about all sorts of stuff today. Really, all of it is centered around one dude, and that dude's name is Elon Musk. And uh, what he's done at a little company called Twitter, um, because it's fairly extensive. There is a lot that is happening. Um and a lot has happened since October. So we're going to be kind of rehashing some of that, tracking the trend, if you will, of, of what's going on over there at Twitter. And then also delving into uh, what just happened, because something happened there. I mean, the last two weeks, several somethings have happened there. <laughs> we're going to touch on a few of those. But something major has just happened within the last few days, so we need to address that. Um, but then also at the end, I want to wrap up um, – I want to give a theological wrap up on this whole situation. And as a bit of a hint, um, just a brief a sneak peek, I'm going to be talking about how there is no neutrality and how having no neutrality and understanding that there is no neutrality, how that's central to uh, us properly understanding this situation. <clears throat> so lots to talk about, lots to get into, and uh, that's why you'll be hearing my voice for the next 20 to 30 minutes. So buckle up. So before we get into all that content, though, we have to talk about our verse of the week, which is what we always do at the beginning of the show. And we do this for a host of reasons. We think it's very, very important that our show remains focused on scripture. We're a biblically based show. At least we hope we are. And we try our absolute darndest to be that. And so we figured, hey, what better way to make sure that our show is biblically based and based on scripture than to literally start out every show episode with scripture. So we do that. But then also, um, some of these verses tie very closely into what we're going to be discussing throughout the episode and throughout the rest of this week. So we figured, hey, it's a two for one special. (laughs) Kill two birds with one stone, as it were. So that's what I'll be doing here. Our verse this week is 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5. And this passage reads, For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ. And again, that's 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through Five. So first of the week, it's more of a passage of the week. Um, yeah, so there's so much in this passage. I and mean, once I get to my theological wrap-up at the end of this episode, I'm really gonna address quite a few more of the, the things that I want to pull out of this. So I'll just touch on a few different aspects of this right now. But one of the things that I think is really, really important here is that we don't walk according to the flesh, but we are waging war, right? So notice here, for though we walk in the flesh, not according to the flesh, but in the flesh. So we have bodies, right? <laughs> we are not waging war according to the flesh. So not in the way that normal warfare is war is waged, right? So we talked last week on our discussion topic, um, discussion topic Friday about how we are at war, how we are waging a war, but that war isn't with actual swords and, and shields and guns and drones and right, tanks, right? All of that. That's not the war we're waging, but we are very much in the middle of a war. It's just a very, very different kind of warfare with much broader, larger, and long-lasting consequences. So that's something that we need to remember is yes, we're in a war, but that war is not fought the way that we think it should be fought. So how do we know how to fight this war? That's what I want to focus on in the second half of today's episode is how do we know how to fight this war what do we do and we're going to get to that at the end of this episode okay so let's get into our current events for today if if you've been following the twitter story at all over the last few months um it's been going on for a while but you'll know that things have been getting really interesting and when i say really I, i i mean that it's like seriously there's some stuff happening over there um so if you're living under a rock or maybe you just don't follow the news and you've just been watching our show. I mean, we've covered this on our show as well, maybe not extensively, as you might if you were actually going out there and looking for it. But um, we've tried to touch on some of the key highlights and and key points within the last couple months of what's been going on over there at Twitter, but there's so much there. Um, So Musk bought out Twitter and officially became its owner in October of last year. So that's kind of when this whole thing started. Now, we can step back a little bit, go before October. What was happening was tons of censorship. It was basically like Facebook, I think maybe a little worse than Facebook, which doesn't seem possible now. But yeah, I think it was. Um, Twitter was just horrendous. You know, they they shut down the Babylon Bee. They shut down uh, President Trump. They shut down all sorts of accounts um, for their own evil purposes. Um, and so there was just so much of that evil censorship going on. <clears throat> but then... Musk bought them out in October, and some interesting things have happened since then. I use interesting on purpose. The word interesting is, is I'm not meaning to say it was all good. I'm not meaning to say it was all fantastic. I am saying purely it is very interesting. Um, so he became its owner in October of last year. Then he reinstated several accounts that were previously banned for absurd reasons, honestly, ridiculous reasons. Um Donald Trump, President Donald Trump, he got his account back. Um, Babylon B and several others were also reinstated, which was like, wow, okay, that is a really cool first move um, as brand new CEO at at this company. So then, as if that wasn't enough, he started causing waves in the fact-checking slash news source market with several statements about allowing for actual free speech, which... Is really cool. Um, he also initiated his new take on the "quote unquote" Blue Checkmark program, uh, making it available to anyone for eight dollars a month. I think now it's like up to eleven dollars a month, <laughs> but originally I think it was eight dollars a month, and it's and it's for ev- for everyone, which was kind of new. And a lot of people were getting mad about that, frustrated, which is kind of weird. Um, when journalists started to get mad about it for some weird reason, he responded by saying, "Quote." I think it's very important, Musk says, to elevate citizen journalism. I think it's very important to hear the voice of the people, the actual voice of the people, not the filtered voice of the people. And let the people choose the narrative and let the people determine the truth and not five editors in chief of major publications, end quote. So. That's interesting. Um, he seems to be going down this um, free speech. We're going to talk a little bit more about how it's not actually free speech. It's kind of free speech. We're going to flesh that out in a little bit. But he he's kind of going down that road, right? Like, oh, maybe this guy is all about free speech. That's, that's kind of cool. His actions, the billions of dollars he's sunk into this so far, certainly seem to imply that, which is kind of neat. <clears throat> um, I mean, <clears throat> add to that the fact that Musk made fun of cnn's don lemon and the link is in the description you're going to want to check that out um add to that that whole debacle and and things are really starting to heat up it's it's kind of it's kind of funny what's what's happening then this month we're in may now this month things reached something of a climax as you all know, Tucker Carlson was booted from the airwaves on Fox News. If you missed that, we talked about it a couple of weeks back on the show, but it's pretty big news, um, like some of the biggest news in the month of May. He was booted from the airwaves on Fox News. We covered that story on the show a few weeks ago, so check that out if you missed it. But something oddly interesting happened next. <clears throat> Carlson took to Twitter and started getting ridiculously high views of his content something in the neighborhood of like 85 million views on his first posted video which is incredible um i don't think he was getting near that i think he what was he at 30 or 40 million something like that it was pretty high on fox um maybe don't quote me on that my numbers are probably way off but (laughs) but he like almost doubled if not got another quarter added to his viewership um simply by going to to twitter so you you have to remember that's a completely new platform. Completely different platform than Fox News. Um, So for him to get even more views is pretty incredible. Uh, His first video posted on Twitter. So that was cool. I mean, that happened. And and then this started prompting people to ask whether Musk was partnering with Tucker um, to create some sort of their own show. So people are like, hey, wow, this is kind of neat. Is Tucker Carlson partnered now with Elon Musk with Twitter? in some sort of an actual deal, like is Twitter going to give Tucker Carlson a contract? Is this going to happen? Um, which would have been kind of cool. I mean, Twitter has been talking, Elon Musk has been talking a little bit um, over the past couple weeks about doing some sort of programming on his, uh, on his platform. So like having different TV shows, having different, um, you know, like almost making it a network of sorts with, different programs that they pay for right so like twitter actually takes now because they're bringing in revenue through their new checkmark program um now they can pay for things which is kind of cool i mean they were bringing it in before with ad revenue and and who knows how many other shady backroom deals but but now it's there's that actual like hey he's straight out giving people a way to have like a premium access to Twitter experience, which is kind of cool. Very, very businessman like of him, which is kind of neat. So maybe people were thinking, hey, now that he's got the capital to do that, maybe he's going to start doing more programming. Maybe Tucker Carlson is going to be the first of many to sign on with Twitter. Unfortunately, that wasn't the case. This was a... um, uh, Musk uh, made a statement And his exact statement reads, quote, I also want to be clear that we have not signed a deal of any kind whatsoever. Tucker is subject to the same rules and rewards of all content creators. Rewards means subscriptions and advertising revenue share uh, coming soon, which is a function of how many people subscribe and the advertising views associated with the content. I hope that many others, particularly from the left that's my emphasis, not his, also choose to be content creators on this platform, end quote. So that, that I, okay. (laughs) What, what, dude, what, what is that? Um, Musk is an interesting character. As our head researcher put it, she was on the show last week. That's our mom, If you, for those of you who are new. Um, she's kind of our behind-the-scenes head researcher. I mean, she loves doing current events stuff. So when we started the show, she was like, hey, I'll help you guys out with the research. And we were like, yeah, thank you, because we like the theology and the philosophy. <laughs> so now we've got a two-pronged attack, so we mix theology, philosophy, and current events. And so we needed someone to go out and kind of research that. So she does a great job research- researching that. But anyways, what she said was, this is her quote. It's kind of funny. I was like, oh, I should include this. Elon Musk just kind of licks his finger and holds it up in the wind to make decisions because ultimately his worldview is not based upon scripture. So he's a quote unquote fair weather friend. That's exactly what he is. You don't know. You, you never know um, what he's going to do, especially with that last the last bit of this statement. I mean, why did he buy Twitter in the first place? Massive amounts of censorship. Um All sorts of ridiculousness going on. The leftist agenda. Communist, socialist, Marxist, woke agenda. And he bought Twitter to fight the symptoms. Okay, that's important. To fight the symptoms, which would be censorship, lack of free speech, um, hatred of all those sorts of things. And to give people a quote-unquote free platform to speak on. Right? That's why he bought Twitter, allegedly, from what he said. But now he literally is like saying, I hope many others, particularly from the left also choose to be content creators on this platform. Dude, what did you buy it to stop? Apparently he just bought it to stop some ill conceived notion of, of, um, you know, suppression of free speech or whatever. He's not thinking this through. Um, and that's why I make this statement. Musk isn't someone you can trust wholeheartedly. He's, he's not. He, he was. He is tossed about by every wind of doctrine and has no solid standard besides some ill-defined concept of "quote unquote" free speech, whatever the heck that means. We talked about some of his, his ideas on Truth GPT a couple of weeks ago, um, and we came to a lot of the same conclusions. I mean, he, he doesn't know where to find ultimate truth. He he doesn't. And unfortunately, he believes that somehow a computer can give it to him. He's like, oh, let's create this truth GPT that will give us the answers to the universe. And our response was, um, dude, we already have the answers to the universe, and they should be built into your truth GPT from the beginning. If you're not doing that, you're already starting off on a bad footing. You're already, it's already broken. It's already busted. It's already useless. And it's going to be worse than if you just let chat GPT go off the rails. So that's where that's where he's at, and all of that together, cumulatively, begins to explain the strangeness and chaotic nature of his next decision. What is this decision, you may ask? Elon Musk has relinquished a large chunk of his power at Twitter to a lady named Linda. I'm going to mess this up. Yakarino. Let's just go with that. Um, and he's hired her as the new. Twitter CEO. According to Musk, she will, and this is his quote, focus primarily on business operations while I focus on product design and new technology, end quote. Okay. This 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 is ominous. For those of you who can't catch my tone or my wording, this is ominous. This is kind of scary. Um, and why are we making this out to be a bad thing? Why is this ominous? You might ask. Well, This particular lady has ties to, you guessed it, the World Economic Forum. Hey, 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 everyone's favorite social club, right? She's written an article for them about the future of workers in America. That link is in the description. Please check it out. Um, And she is apparently in charge of the World Economic Forum's, what is called, Task Force on Future of Work. Yeah, that doesn't sound frightening at all. Um, And she said that there should be, um, quote, this is her quote, long-term benefits for the unemployed, women, and communities of color. Signaling where her head's at in terms of having a woke agenda, right? And there's so much more. Again, links are in the description. There's way more we could say about this lady, but we simply don't have time to get to all of it today. And I've included a link in the description from the Epoch Times that walks through uh, quite a few more shifty things about Yakarino and her agenda. It's just, it's not great. It's not great. And this, the, the, the point of this... Right? Like, why do we bring this up? Why are we making such a big deal out of this? Why should we be doing so much more research into this person, and why should we be really nervous at this point? Well, the point is that Musk is not someone who's going to get things right for the right reasons. Even when he seems to, quote-unquote, get it right, his reasoning is askew. Because he lacks a foundation, his character and his actions are determined by whim and hopefully i've made that fairly clear at this point i mean even just him deciding to dump like a billion (laughs) dollars on buying twitter was kind of a whim it was like whoa where the heck did that come from and why (laughs) why you of all people who really has no standard no foundation here except for some ill-conceived idea of quote-unquote free speech we don't even know what you actually mean here and then you want the same people who shut down free speech you want more of them on your platform you make no sense my friend i'm sorry um but he he lacks a foundation and because of this his character and actions are askew does that sound like anyone we know i mean to make a ton of reason or to make a ton of decisions to make just like a ton of actions and character traits and all of it just Literally on a whim. so whatever you're feeling that day. Yeah. Yeah. uh, We're we're talking about Donald Trump. Um, He is a very prominent public figure of very much the same personality traits, ego, power, and as a very prominent public figure of the same caliber as Musk. Trump acts the same way, and that's because they're cut from the same cloth. And that brings me to my theological wrap-up today, because in order to understand why we are getting so many of these kinds of people, why do we have these two big people and so many others like them at the top of our society, kind of steering the ship, if you will, of the American culture, why, do, why are they up there? How, in the name of Mike, did these two guys, who are just, oh, whatever, we'll see where the wind blows, and I'll blow billions of dollars on something and maybe or maybe not stand for the principles that I originally claimed to believe in once I get there. How do we have these people? It's because unfortunately we've given up on the idea that there is no neutrality. Whoever is not with me is against me and whoever does not gather with me scatters. That's Matthew 12 verse 30. That's Christ talking. Neutrality is a myth. It's been touted by almost every generation, and it will remain a myth for every generation to follow. But those who understand the truth know that there is not one square inch of space, words, or thought that Christ doesn't claim as his. I'm paraphrasing a very popular quote there. Hopefully you you all caught that and you know what quote that is. We're told in Colossians 3, 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God, the father through him. And second Corinthians 10, five tells us to take every thought captive to obey Christ. So word and deed and every thought we have to realize the extent to which the word of God and the purpose God created us for should fill our every waking moment. Deuteronomy six, five through nine says, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and you shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorposts of your houses and on your gates. When you sit in your house, when you walk around town, when you lie down, or when you wake up in the morning, literally every part of your waking life, and uh, apparently your sleeping life as well, (laughs) Um, God's law and his word should be so prominent in your life, that it's bound to your hands and in front of you everywhere you go. There's not a square inch of your life, of what you do, what you think, what you say, the things you look at, things you think about, all of it that Christ shouldn't be reigning in. He should be and is king of all. But are you being a good steward of the time and opportunities that he's given to you? That's the question. Are you doing it well? Are you running the race, building the kingdom, working hard and working well? So there's no part of your life that God says, eh, you could just do whatever you want there. You know, like, eh, whatevs, have at it. You know, if you, if you want to do that? That's fine by me. You want to send your kids to government indoctrination camp all, you know, for all their formative years? Eh, why not? I don't care. Does that really sound like the God of the Bible? If you think it does, you're wrong. <laughs> and you don't know the God of the Bible. Um, there is no part of your life that God just leaves to chance. Christ is king of everything. Now, when we place our trust in people like Musk or Trump, and we call them, quote unquote, eh, good enough, or eh, they're the right person for the job. They've got enough swagger. They've got enough ego. Enough money. They can pull their weight around with all the, the the disgusting pigs up there at the top. And hey, they seem to be on my side right now. So let's throw them up there. Why not? Let's just see what happens. What are we doing when we accept compromise instead of pushing for Christ to be exalted in all? What are we doing when we ourselves? Don't spend as much time in the word of God every day as we do watching TV, playing music, spending time outdoors, or whatever else we do with our time. What are we doing? When the word of God and his kingdom is not first on our minds, when decisions need to be made, what are we doing? When we allow our children to fall into the same traps we are, um, that we're falling into, by forcing them into government indoctrination all day long, what are we doing. Christians should be the kind of people who stand out. We should be strange-looking compared to our unbelieving counterparts. We should serve the king of the universe, and he's told us to take every single one of our thoughts captive to him. Think about that. Our thoughts. Every single thought captive to Christ. I don't think any of us can be fully aware of what that actually means because it, it, it almost seems impossible given the way we live today to take literally every single thought captive to Christ. That's why we need to change the way we live today. That's why we need to accept a better standard. The only standard capable of allowing us to live that way, to live in a manner pleasing to our King in the way that he's commanded us to live. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Ephesians six twelve. For although we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds we destroy strongholds and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to obey Christ being ready to punish every disobedience when your obedience is complete and that's second corinthians 10:3 through 6 so let's get to work let's make every nation a disciple of Christ let's pray that his kingdom would come and his his will would be done here on earth the same way it's being done right now in heaven. Let's stand against compromise. And let's worship our king and creator with our every thought, action, business venture, conversation, meal preparation, glass of wine, joke shared or house built. Let's mean it when we say all of Christ for all of life. And so hopefully that helps you to flesh out what We're talking about when we say we don't trust these people and we don't have to. We always have alternatives. God has all power, He's all knowing, all wise, all powerful, controls everything. His providence has put everyone in the position they're in today. And do you really think that He wouldn't give you a way out? We need more Christians today standing up and creating things like Twitter. Standing up and joining things like Twitter. That's why Gab is so important. It's an example of that. It's people saying enough is enough. It's people like Andrew Torba saying enough is enough. We're going to build our own and we're going to do it better. But the problem is so many Christians today aren't willing to stand up and join him. He's on his own. Now he's slowly growing his platform, but he needs so many more people to join it. That's a huge, huge problem today. These people are so comfortable on their Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram, on YouTube, that they aren't willing to sacrifice a little bit of convenience for what God has called them to do. Instead of joining up, on platforms that don't censor you, will allow you to preach the whole counsel of God and consume the whole counsel of God. Like Rumble, Gab TV, Gab, Getter, all of these platforms, we would much rather have the convenience of YouTube and Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Enough is enough. We need to leave it. We need to leave the morphine drip, (laughs) leave the drug, the heroin that we're addicted to on these big platforms. And does that mean that it's going to be as easy as it is using YouTube? No, it's not. YouTube has convenience things that maybe Rumble doesn't have yet. But we need to start thinking about the future. We need to put our conveniences on hold for the more important things in life. So, all that to say, we have a website (laughs) (laughs) trdshow.net this whole episode was not meant to be an ad for that but uh it's the end of the episode and i always mention the website anyways so hey why not we have a website trdshow.net you can go to trdshow.net slash episodes and you can watch all of our content for free right there free of censorship as well so please check that out send us an email trdshow at protownmail.com um let us know what you thought of this episode If uh, by the end of this episode you're ridiculously tired of my voice, let us know. <laughs> TRDShow at ProtonMail.com. Leave a comment on this video. Please like, share, subscribe. Do all the things that let us know you watched it and enjoyed it. Thank you so, so much. Tell your friends. And we will see you on our Friday episode. I am so, mo- so very much looking forward to having Jacob back. It'll be great to talk to someone again. <laughs> and don't forget, everyone, in all that you do, do it as unto. The Lord.